the work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday, and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday's sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem. Hello, everybody. Very busy weekend. I feel more mortem than usual, but I'm feeling good. <laughs> Wait, so that does that mean you're you're di- you've died? You're leaving? It's gone? It's over? <laughs> Put no. a pin in it. <laughs> it just means I'm tired. Got it. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, you'll have a chance to rejuvenate somehow. <laughs> we shall see. We'll we'll see if you could you could pull pull out some energy for the next couple days. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. Um. Here we are. We're we're postmorteming your ten year anniversary. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's mine. It's mostly. It's not. I guess it's ours. The yeah. church's ten year anniversary. People likened it to a birthday. Um, yeah. Did you feel celebrated? Uh, yeah, I thought everything. I I was proud of the weekend that we were able to stage from the all of the work that went into it mm-hmm. by the task force that Eric put together. The banquet on Saturday night was great, really on Sunday morning, and this is kind of the whole point of why we did a 10th anniversary service. I've I've never counted an actual band in to a song, and so all of this was was me doing the count-in from the original music team to current music team on Sunday morning. It felt great. (laughs) Excellent. Do you think Tyler will let you do that every week now? Well, I'll, I'll have to ask myself. <laughs> Stop. Uh, yeah, or ask Clara and she'll say no. Um, actually, she might say yes, so ask Jesse. She'll say no. How, did, how'd you like that moment? I thought it was I thought it was great. It, it was a nostalgia weekend. I was working very actively to like try to not feel nostalgia, but that's like that was a personal thing. That's a me yes. thing. That is not a like... <laughs> Very particular to me. <laughs> um, did you feel nostalgic? Where I, I yes, I thought Ross being there was very nostalgic. Um, John Travis, um, the original band, just just that just that uh, that band opening moments, um, singing songs that we haven't pulled out of the repertoire or we have yeah. pulled out of the repertoire. So um, yeah, it it was like it was good. Yeah, one one tidbit behind the scenes about. The, that first musical number. My idea was that the original music team would play the first verse and then we'd sit down. Uh-huh. But then when we were rehearsing a few minutes before, not a few, hour before church, yeah. everybody just kind of had the idea, hey, there's no reason for the original music team to, to sit down. Yeah, so just keep playing. Just for the rest of the song, it was the largest number of musicians that have has ever played at Liberty Collingswood. Before. It was great. They should have played the whole the whole service. <laughs> that, yeah, that, 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 that would have broken the system. <laughs> Too many moving and pieces. And you love your systems. Okay, well, um, yeah. Any nostalgia points you want to share before we move on to the sermon? Let's just keep going. Okay, the sermon was a nostalgia piece, so that there is that. <laughs> um, here, this, this psalm. Why this psalm? Why this Sunday? 
This is Psalm 90, and I mentioned during the service that we based this 10th anniversary worship service on what Liberty Harrisburg did a year ago. Copycat. So the, I mean, it was it was great. Including it, me having to do uh, the call to worship. That's right. Darn it, Shay. Shay Lewell and Matt's <laughs> wife is not a normal liturgist at Harrisburg, but there she was beginning the service. And I thought you, I'll ask you about that later. So, the, <laughs> including, so Psalm 90 was used sort of as a structuring device throughout the whole sermon. The call to worship drew from themes in verse 1 of Psalm 90, the call to confession, the confession of sin, also from Psalm 90. Mm-hmm. And Matt preached from Psalm 90. I, I don't have a s- super clear recollection of the sorts of things that Matt talked about, but... I thought it would work really well here, yeah. here too. So you the, made it your own, right? I hope so. The or nothing against Matt. Matt's preaching, but I no, I did not plagiarize. We're gonna go listen and actually, Jim like subconsciously <laughs> like just lifted the entire thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the the crux of the psalm is sort of like verse twelve of Psalm ninety. So it teaches to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And that great last line. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Mm-hmm. The, the, the notes that I was trying to strike during the sermon, uh, a celebratory note, a note of realism, which a little bit of balance. So it's been a great 10 years. There have been some some difficult things. So I wanted to, to name... Hey, we've been through a lot together. We still love each other, and it's great. Therefore, mm-hmm. we're celebrating our anniversary. Properly commemorative, so in the canons of rhetoric, this sermon is more... It's not only about persuasion. That, that's what ser- sermons overall are supposed to be about, but it's epideictic, where to commemorate mm-hmm. an occasion like a graduation speech or a commencement address, that sort of thing, that... that challenge is that commemorative or epideictic rhetoric doesn't really have any practical payoff at all so neither does the word epideictic <laughs> i don't think there's any practical payoff to that. I, I, I like that <laughs> yeah life imitates art and then so hopefully there were some practical takeaways about weighing our lives lives well under god and that sort of thing so I wanted to get a little bit of practical but then also didn't want to want it to be just another normal sermon yeah, I like that. I like that um, it did feel like an a, an important day, an important weekend. Um, but then the, this by choosing this passage, um, I can see what Matt was doing in choosing it. Um, it also you in this in this uh, a certain gravitas that makes mm-hmm. it not just a tenth tenth and normal tenth anniversary, but the tenth anniversary of a church who walks the path of a church, which is. Um, which has ups and downs and yeah. um, needs needs God's direction. I did write um, a note that uh, I thought that you had chosen this because um, anger, the word anger is mentioned twice. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever catch that? I was like waiting for no. a semi joke. We are brought to an end by your anger and who considers the power of your anger. <laughs> oh man, leaving money on you're the like, table right you're like so, Come on. You're so old that like, uh, or you've, lived with your last name so long you don't even see it <laughs> oh. yeah roll it back we're gonna do another 10th anniversary like, oh for we are brought to an end of your anger 
So like you're you're announcing that <laughs> you're bringing the church to the end. The closer. <laughs> the power of your anger. That's right. Sorry, I okay. uh, Clara's made me a tune to puns. <laughs> um, we can move on to presence of the Lord in this. Mm-hmm. Speaking of this passage, speaking of these verses, um, obviously we're not challenged by the fact that there was a pun staring you directly <laughs> in the face. But what what other challenges do you see here that? Um, I mean, again, there's the obvious challenge to me that you're, you've chosen, and as you mentioned, a funeral text for a birthday, but mm-hmm. um, what are the, what were the challenges to you as you were constructing it? Yeah, I was struck by the first part of the sermon text that really is dire and dour. For mm-hmm. we are, like you said, brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath, we are dismayed. You've set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in, in, the, light of, in the light of your presence. The... Sermon writing process, and I think I, I think I wrote uh, the draft of this sermon in an empty airport gate when I was about to fly to Oklahoma City a couple of weeks ago. Mm, it was my, my that's I, you I, were chuttling that I, that I is chuttling <laughs> so, the the despair. Right. So I <laughs> luckily I had my super note and didn't have to bring lots of index cards and papers. We just went straight mm-hmm. to sermon writing. You don't want to engage with the super note comment that's fine the but when i was sitting there in the in the empty gate i was thinking matt these are really challenging verses for and i don't know if matt specifically if he came up with the idea of psalm 90 or not let's say that he did uh, matt why why did you choose this psalm there, there there's a lot of doom and gloom for uh celebratory occasion did did you did we really have to go in this direction and it was too late for me to switch sermon text because we were already building out the entire service that was dependent upon Psalm 90 in its entirety. But I just got to thinking, this is a difficult text for a difficult occasion. <laughs> and that sort of became the the introduction. Uh, now I'm There's... feeling like I should be interviewing Matt because clearly you don't understand the like, uh, origin, story, origin of this passage. But Right. Oh, I, I have no idea. <laughs> we're all postmoderns here. The, there's no authorial intent behind the, the choosing, choosing of, of, the, of text. the song. Just kidding. And I kind of rode that line of difficulty sure. by writing it into the introduction and mm-hmm. saying, hey, there's difficult things over the past 10 years for our church, but then there are also some ways that difficulty defines us uh, that, that make me really proud. Right. And you know, I wanted to balance faith and hope towards the end of the psalm with giving proper voice to what we feel is the futility of all things mm-hmm. uh, that the psalm also also talks about. A, a couple extra pieces here that we can go into Mudding the Waters M. For one thing, I, I, uh, I do enjoy poetry. I need to read more poetry than, than I do, but I love talking about turns. So this is a classic psalmic turn where the, for the most part, the psalm is pretty dire and dour, but teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. <clears throat> where there's a different perspective given toward, towards the end of the psalm. Another classic example of a psalm with a turn is Psalm 22 that begins with the words of Jesus quoted on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But there's a turn when, hey, I real, feel really alone, anxious, isolated, despondent. But I will yet trust in the Lord. So always nice to highlight one of those things. And 
One of my minor goals with preaching, I hope this is happening, it's been 10 years of it here, people, that one of the effects of listening to my preaching is that over time, I'm, I'm helping people to read the Bible better. So for those of you that spend time in the Psalms, and everybody should, you can keep your eye out for when there's a turn in the in the psalm, like here, and it was funny, my pun, the turn is the word turn from return mm -hmm. in, in verse 13, calling back to verse 3. Finally, the only other thing here, because this is a passage before Jesus in the Old Testament, there's always the question of how do we bring the story forward to relate it to Jesus as the center of the story, and I... I enjoyed using verse 11, who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you, mm -hmm. by reflecting who in the history of the world could say that more fully than Jesus himself, where sure. on the cross, in Gethsemane and then on the cross, that was where Jesus, the true Israelite, the true human, the ideal Israelite, the ideal human, endures, weighed and endured not only considered, but endured the power of God's anger and wrath mm -hmm. for us, which unlocks to us the fact that the promises of God in Jesus are all yes and amen. So we have even better, deeper hope, I mentioned, than make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us for as many years as we have seen evil. Instead, we look forward to an eternal weight of glory, like Paul says to the Corinthian church. Yeah, very interesting building blocks there, or of your of your sermon. But I, I'm I'm there. I'm with you. Cool. Um, and you were using the the headings for your for these sections were like futility, favor, and yeah. I know you mentioned that there was a third F, and yeah. I, I like lost it by the end. I oh. totally like didn't hear it. Did it, it was at the very very end, and I I did signpost it by saying this is the final. <laughs> <laughs> I think fine. I was like looking at my watch and trying to calculate when I needed to get Clara. That's to... <laughs> fine. The, uh, from futility to favor to fruitfulness, oh, praying uh, for. I don't want fruitfulness. fruitfulness. <laughs> for, you're so weird. For for no, I know, I know. For God's next season. So yeah, that was the that was a third third F. <laughs> <laughs> so. My brain is very distracted. I. I have a distracted brain. Anyway, um, about me muddying the waters, my muddied, my muddied. Are you surprised that I that I don't always follow, and I'm starting to think about other things? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, as you were constructing your your the especially the futility part, I feel like um, when I'm look, looking at this question, what context were you trying to? engaged it's pretty obvious the context of the people who are in futile states but let's flesh that out for us yeah oh this is a lot of puns so did you mean futile i meant -E futile no. no futile yes so yeah one wanted to in that one of the preaching terms emily that you and i will bat about is the fallen condition focus mm -hmm. so sensing futility as part of our fallen world where whether you're a Christian or not, let's embrace, let's embrace futility. And there is a divine aspect to that. By your wrath, we are dismayed. But the question is, what are we going to do with it? And I, I tried to talk about a little bit, and I think it's something that I was talking about last week too, 
this whole idea of so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom mm -hmm. it takes courage for a human being to ask big questions about life the universe and everything as opposed to just numbing out so mm -hmm. talking about things like substances scrolling binging when we numb out we feel bored disaffected the anhedonia not being able to take pleasure pleasure in things uh, easily frustrated very fragile and let, let's not do that as human beings mm -hmm. but I think the the biggest way that we can draw courage in asking these big questions is to know that there's a creator and a redeemer God right. in Christ for us so we don't have to just dance on the edge of the abyss as life continues to decay because there's favor that that we can look for too and yeah and I think that that is a universal like like sometimes we can be saying that it's just our it's our generation that is facing this yeah. this numbing out or escapism but I do I feel like as a historian like that all in all times of periods there were people trying to um, escape with different but sure. I just the the core of human nature is to want to escape and not to to face the futility um, of humanity without God. So right. I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, and we're gonna say the the commemorative aspect related to asking asking big questions. I the way that the sermon fell into place. I think it's or. Ten years of a church, there's a ton of different things that I could have said about the history of our church and what I'm proud of, where we struggled. The, but I think it's fair to say that as we, given our missional context, a church that encourages people to ask big questions is something that's marked my preaching ministry mm -hmm. here and our, our church more, more broadly where, hey, there's a lot of people in Collingswood and surrounding boroughs that might not be on board with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but hopefully appreciate how we're a church that not harshly or super critically, or just coming down on people like a hammer, uh, in hopefully a helpful gadfly way, asks people to reckon with what life is all about. And, and that's, that's one of the entrees for missional engagement, at least in my preaching itself. Right, good stuff. And then, um with the concept of uh, the like favor and fruitfulness, like what are you, what, who were you trying to engage there? Uh, that was more just the celebratory piece, I guess. Mm -hmm. the, again, the question in my mind was, what are, what are some ways where I've seen God's favor in our church over the years? And could have, could have gone in lots and lots of different directions. But one, I, I think for Liberty Collingswood, Throughout our, throughout our time, we have a lot of people where the adults in our midst are saying this is the first church that I was part of right. at, as an adult. I, I think that's something to celebrate and not not super usual. I, I mentioned the dirty little secret of transfer growth mm -hmm, with, mm -hmm. with, with church plants. And there's nothing wrong with transfer, transfer growth in itself, but that, that just has not been, has, has not been our story. Mm -hmm. And... God has given us a lot of a lot of favor when uh, we're a place where people are still kind of asking questions and working out working out their faith. Right. That that you know from the beginning has been part of what we're doing. 
whether or not a church grows by transfer growth or adults calling it a church their own for the first time, there are different sets of problems, struggles, and challenges mm-hmm. that, that, that come with each. I, I could be jealous of the other set of problems. So I think you and, like and, this and, set and actually better. I mean, that's part of why, why yeah, we, why we moved here. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, yeah, give me give me this set of challenges and struggles as as opposed to, to, to some others. And... Really, uh, I haven't gone back and done the math on this, but yeah, I think a third to a half of Liberty Collingswood at every stage you had adults. You that... sounded like you had done the math when you like gave this <laughs> percentage from the pulpit. I've I've done rough math on it. <laughs> Define rough math. <laughs> Can math ball, be ball rough? Parking. Yeah. Yeah. So the, there, there's the aspect of unchurched people, and then also I, I think we're a church that is distinctively Christian and has has fought to stand for common good and, mm-hmm. and, and be for common good in, in a lot of different ways. That The part that I mentioned about being for the common good is harder because there's less of a consensus about what the common good yeah. is. Right, that is a signpost for today. Yeah, th- that was something that one of the pastors in Oklahoma City was talking about, and I thought that was really, mm-hmm. really well spoken. It's true. And I think it's true. And I, and I do think that's changed over the past 10 years, even, mm-hmm. where uh, whether Collingswood or Bigger uh, ask different people what, 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 what the common good is, you're going to get increasingly diverging answers. And then, it, toward, and then at the end of the sermon, I mentioned that verse from Philippians... Therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. I, hopefully it was a genuine feeling thanks for the people that have stuck with us and are continuing to, to build our church. And um, if a church isn't about the people, what are we, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. So I, I did want to give a thank you right. to, yeah. to everybody. What a guy. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, let's move to Bar Band Cover June since I know we're on a time crunch as per usual these days. <laughs> Am I not supposed to say that? No, it's fine. <laughs> it does get repetitive. Um, quotes, quotes, quotes. My first quote I'm looking at on my, my bulletin is, uh, this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but, but uh, <laughs> then you like change the last line. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Kind of like. Yeah. Do you, yeah, T. S. Eliot. Right. Not well, with like, a bang, but but with a but with a whimper, mm-hmm. or, or or you might sigh. say, a sigh. I mean, it could be. You're the Hebrew scholar, right? Yes. <laughs> Some kind of translation where sigh is whimper. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> poet. So you're like quoting your poet. Your the I guess one of the only poems that you like mm-hmm. meditate on. Um, that's, uh, wait, that's not okay, true. that's true. I, I'm sorry. Um, but it's your callback poem. It's like the one I, poem that you quote uh, I, repetitively. There's, couple, <laughs> many Eliot poems, not, not just the one. Wasteland, Little Getting Four Quartet, You had a Star Wars, a Star right Wars scrolling uh, reference, which I understood, even though I'm not a Star Wars fan. So, <laughs> there you go. Um, when, when, when I do sound effects in sermons, it's always fun because not everybody 
is looking at me the whole time. That they all like when, look up when you start. When I'm preaching, so when I started going da 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 while making the scrolling motion, uh-huh. all of the eyes that were not on me <laughs> like, flash back up. Yeah. I'll have to keep, is that keep, why keep you're that in mind. No, no, the sound self. effects. Yeah. Um, the doom scroll. What uh, had had underlined the, the doom scroll? Uh, yeah, it was good. Besides the original scroll, setting it to the tune of the Darth Vader Imperial March. Which was the original it was my scrolling. Idea. Don't I, steal that. I appreciated it. Um, don't aggregate this. I don't. I don't have any quotes written down. What else did you say? <laughs> yeah. There, so I didn't. The, the only quotes that I came into the pulpit with my notes were were Bible quotes this week. Mm-hmm. So Paul in Second Corinthians four the eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison mm-hmm. that's uh nice that that's a great verse and if i've mentioned before i even probably said briefly on sunday that the way to interpret that is not that paul is saying absolutely that any affliction you have it's really just light and momentary get over it but it's a relative comparison or argument where even when your afflictions feel super, super hard and dire, even those crazy life afflictions and tragedies compared to the eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison in the final analysis will be seen as light and momentary. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, that's a verse that I've gone back to a lot. Therefore, my beloved brother, my brothers whom I love in long form, my joy and crown stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. It's a sabbatical verse for me, trying mm-hmm. to double down on my love and longing for, for, for my own people. Ho- hopefully, it wasn't. It didn't sound like a humble brag to say, "Hey, I'm better than those pastors that hate their mm-hmm. own parishioners." Just an observation. But it's true. Yeah. And I can I can see how pastors can get there mm-hmm. if if they're not careful. So that's why I, I double down on that during sabbatical. And then, sort of funny how. The verse that I closed the sermon with was one that Steve Huber was Yeah, you and Steve Huber. <laughs> Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I think our additional speakers were all Cracker Jacks yeah. on, on Sunday. So Steve Huber syncing brought up it. with Steve. Syncing up with Steve. Jesse Carroll. Very heartfelt earnest. Yep, absolutely. And, and then Linda Quick was a fireball. She was. So. <laughs> I thought she was. Uh, good stuff. Yep. Good weekend. Um, any leftovers? Wanted to ask you about your experience as liturgist from Sunday. I, I when Shay, I I did know that like when Shay opened that service, like number one, I didn't know that she had never been a liturgist, so I, it did feel important. Um, so when you asked me, it was one of the things where like, I knew I should be just because Shay did like, we are talking, we kept, keep talking about keeping Shay up with Matt, the Joneses. But, um, they did set an example that, um, felt like, right. Um, mm-hmm. so I have been part of this, I guess. <laughs> so you have. And so it was, it was fine. I'm, I'm happy to have, um, read the liturgy. Um, started the call to worship longer than usual call to worship yeah i know right super long <laughs> becca had to keep squeezing the fonts down to um to make it fit 
Yeah, but 10 years, yeah, it's a 10 years is a nostalgic time. And now that this is over, now I can be nostalgic. So now I will like, now that Clara's play is over and this is over, now I will engage in some like 10 year reflection. Mm-hmm. But couldn't do it until this is over personally. That yeah. was my personal motive. So, so the anger weekend was Clara starring role in Collingswood Youth Theater. Lots of out of towners coming into town for the 10th anniversary. My dad was here both for Clara's play and then also all of our stuff. Had a great, uh, we welcomed out of towners back to our yeah. house on Sunday afternoon. So, so had a, had a fun party. Did, did you happen to catch the five golden things? I didn't. I, I planned to, but top five yeah. low lights. Yeah. I probably, though, probably it was good that I did it again. Like I mental space. I yeah. like not, I need to like, now I can Easy. go back and engage sure. like with the ten year stuff myself, but like for the weekend I needed to just be like yeah. mom. On point. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was wall to wall acceleration. The for for those that are both Halloween wolves and turtle doves, the party at our house for out of town guests on this past Sunday afternoon was a redemptive bookend to the story I told about the party at our house after oh, no. after launch. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, I maybe I I don't know if I'll listen. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I need to like do this nostalgia like on a beach. <laughs> Deal. Somewhere happy. Let's do it. Um Anyway, uh, where are we? Get others, My other... last guitar slim pickings from from the bank or at the banquet on Saturday night. I found <laughs> in our basement. So the difference between me and Eric Mitchell. Uh, Eric had some old Liberty materials that he had kept in a folder. Their first worship service here. Their second worship service mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Some old flyers and and that sort of thing. On Saturday afternoon, before the banquet, I said, "Oh yeah, let me go check the basement." And so, in a waterlogged, oh my gosh, our basement box in the in in our disaster of a basement, I was like, "Oh great, we have some worship folders." And then I also found an original PDF glossy to introduce people to Liberty Collingswood. The original high cards before uh-huh, they were uh-huh. Info Johns, they were high cards. Uh, QR code that still. Brings you to Liberty Yeah, Collinswood. we thought they had died. Apparently, not QR codes. Yeah, we we back. did make a decision. And this is years and years ago now. Hey, let's stop doing QR codes yeah, on our printed materials. Bring it back if you wanted to. But, but I have, I still don't really like menus. But uh, there were a lot of QR. I mean, TV ads will have yeah. QR codes. Where Are people you, using where you scan those for, for your TV? I don't know. The church, churches will use QR codes a fair amount for, for giving and donating. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, if if you want to give right now, just scan that QR code. Mm-hmm. We'll take all your money sort of thing. Mm. Last guitar slim <laughs> pickings. The, oh, sorry. Connected with that worship folder, I, I chuckled when the reflection quote from this random worship folder in 2013 came from Henderson the Rain King. By, oh, yeah. And by, who got it? Saul Bella. Who got that for it you? It was old-timers Tyler and Ken. Nice. <laughs> That, that, that nailed it. Good job, guys. Yeah. And they did it fast, too. Yep. Um, guitar slip. Oh, no. I mean, Helen uh, Wolves. Do we have any Helen Wolves? We're going from this way. Everyone else, everyone was speaking on, on uh, in person. Um, Lots of howling this weekend. The lovely sound of the howl. 
Any last announcements, thoughts? Well, let, let, let's just remind people that postsundayblues.gmail.com mm-hmm. is how you, how you can write in as a Howling Wolf. Not sure if there's going to be Post Sunday Blues next week. Eric Mitchell's preaching. I'll be out of town. It's just a matter of if I'll have time on the back end mm-hmm. to, to do it. We shall see either way. And that's all I got. Nice. Um, yeah. And listen to those nostalgia five golden things. Yeah, some of the John Travis is, is one of our highest downloaded episodes. It was good. Ever. It was good stuff. Yeah. Um, and with that, how was it? That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post Sunday Blues, a preaching post mortem, production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre Sunday happy. Yeah.